Okay. Dallas Car Guys Podcast 001. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Two country boys that have no idea about technology trying to do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Jesse Garrett hailing out of West Virginia and Florida. Chris Torres hailing out of Knickerbocker, Texas, population 47. <laughs> and here we go. We would like to let you know that this episode of the Dallas Gower Guy uh, podcast is sponsored by Infinite Roofing for all of your roofing needs. Please feel free to reach out to Chris Torres for any free quotes, save your deductible, and we only do not only do just roofs, but we also do gutters and many, many more things. Also, North Central Ford, your premier Ford dealership out of Richardson, Texas, and Jesse Garrett. <laughs> with car now <laughs> with car now with car now actually no what are you doing you're doing you're what are you into now car you're offer. not on the car now sir car offer so you guys actually just got uh you guys had a merger yeah we we merged with with car gurus car gurus man car that's gurus. a monster yeah, so man. when did that actually take place so I guess they'd been working on it for about a year and, um, you know, they, I guess, you know, through COVID and everything, they finally pulled the trigger in late December to purchase 50% of our company. And then, um, you know, they finally closed this month, you know, a pretty good deal, you know, uh, car offer was basically, a an idea two years ago and then had about $20 million in seed money a year ago and then turned into a $270 million company in less than 12 months. That's impressive. So your CEO, his name is, uh, what was his name again? Bruce Thompson. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. (laughs) That phone call. (laughs) Bruce Thompson, this isn't the first time he's done it, right? No, no, he's uh, he actually did AAX, which was a vehicle inventory system. Um, you know, some dealerships will use it for you know uh, trade inventory. I know when when you and I worked at um, David McDavid Honda in Frisco, we used it um, you know to evaluate trades for inventory management, everything's like that. And that was almost 10 years ago. And um, he's actually created multiple companies since Red Bumper, AAX, Pearl 360, Vehicle Exchange. So this is, this is basically what he does. Oh, man, that's really exciting, dude. That's uh, to be picked up by Car Gurus, one of the largest pre-owned platforms Hell, not only in North America, are they have a, a global presence now? Or as far as I really understand, sure. as far as I understand, I mean they 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 are making some moves to to be, you know, bigger than than Auto Trader, you know, especially with with the acquisition of of Car Offer. I can't get into too much 
Yes. Obviously, because I'm now a publicly part of a publicly traded company, <laughs> so we can't <laughs> we, no. we can't give out some of the secrets oh, and uh, you know expectations. You know, even oh. though you you, you want to sell it, right? But, but yeah. you can't sell it too hard because this is obviously this is public and not a private oh, conversation. I see. So if you were thinking about investing. Maybe this might be a good idea. I don't know, but we cannot publicly endorse that. <laughs> but back to back, back to Talascar, guys. Basically, for anybody that's listening, yes, we are two small town guys. This thing has been probably in the works for three, four, five, six years. I know that uh, Jesse and I joined the car business uh, in 2013 at McDavid Honda Frisco, and it was we just. I remember it was just such an eye opening experience, and just. I mean, we didn't know our, our elbow from our asshole. <laughs> you know, it's just, we had no idea what we were doing. And it just seemed to just be a calamity of just weird and funny things just happening every day. And, and we were just always, like, amazed that a business could run like this, you know, and, and generate, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. You know, here we are. I mean, and Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you think about it, when we started, I mean, we didn't just, I remember, do you remember that dude, uh, that British guy that joined in the pre-owned, he was kind of tall, and I can't remember his name, but uh, I remember one time I was outside smoking, and he came up to me, and he's just he was just going on and on about how wonderful our dealership was. And he's like, so how long have you been in the car business? And I was like, well, like six months. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, holy shit. He goes, you hit the mother load. He goes, man, this is amazing. You guys are in the top 10 Honda store in the nation, the flagship store for Asbury. And you just waltzed in here and got a job? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I said, oddly <laughs> enough, I really wanted to work for CarMax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was like, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Like, if we started, like, if I would have got hired at CarMax, waiting in line to take it up, yeah, I get to wear shorts and be a dude. I mean, I'm sorry, no offense to anybody who works at CarMax. But just, I mean, the whole appeal to me was like it was kind of a kickback environment, right? Kickback environment, you wear shorts, you know, you have an up rotation, you start the sale, you know, there's no negotiation, you know, and I kind of think back, you know, what had happened? What would have happened if I started over there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we we got lucky in a lot of ways. You know, we we literally started two weeks apart in the same month. And yeah. And, you know, we got lucky being the, the number one dealership in the state of Texas, top 10 in the country, 500 new cars a month, 250 used. <laughs> and, you know, we, we had the best trainer, you know, you know, that, that's what we were. We were there. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember, you know, your first week, everybody knows in the car business, your first week you spend watching all those stupid, you know, brand movies you know for us it was honda so you had to watch all the movies take all the tests <laughs> and whatever yeah. and you know that's your first week and, and my first saturday they pulled me out of doing the training stuff 
And they were like, we, we just don't have enough bodies. And, you know, I, I remember I was doing it in a, in a fine. And we had office. 40 in timeout. We had 40 bodies <laughs> and we still didn't have enough. <laughs> you know, you said you got thrown out on the floor, which we all, which we all seem to kind of do. And, and I was like, you, you got thrown on the floor because we didn't have enough people yet. We had 40 people. <laughs> like, I think, you know, I think it was actually more, was. I think it was actually more, you know, it, it kind of dwindled later, but. I want to say when we first started, we had at least twenty-five floor guys, at least. Yeah, and then you had internet, and then you had twenty people in the the internet department, and we were just a yeah. bunch of floor guys. But you know, going back to that that first Saturday, you know, I come out and it's mayhem. You know, it is absolute mayhem. <laughs> we have no desks available to take customers. We have no tables on the showroom floor. I'm over here getting customers' information <laughs> leaning up against the wall. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? I know. And we had that stand-up kiosk in the center of the showroom floor that was, like, for just general information. I'm, like, trying to do follow-up off of that. <laughs> Because we got three assholes deep at the damn desk. And we're like, not assholes, but you know what I mean? Like, we, we the people were just all over each other. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is, and I don't know about any of you guys out there listening, but I don't know if you've been anything familiar, but it, it was, we just, this is all we knew. We we're like, man, I guess this is just like what it's like everywhere. You know, we had no idea the machine that we were involved in. And, you know, I, I consider that the alma mater, the residents. We joke about it. Shout out to Rob Tharp, by the way, <laughs> out at Honda of Denton, you know, managing partner out there, probably the best trainer ever in the car business, you know, and, and taught us a lot of stuff, you know, but I mean, really, we had no idea of anything else, right? And, it, and, and, and just kind of on a side note, all of you guys are listening, there might be listening, maybe new to the car business, whatever. This is why I don't have a lot of patience for, you know, you know, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a desk manager at North Central Ford. And, you know, when I hear someone is like, ah, you don't need the tools and I don't know, you know, and I'm like, Hey, 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 <laughs> I didn't even have a desk or a phone. <laughs> like, it was pure sink or swim. You know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, you're absolutely right. And, and we, we got thrown to the wolves early and it almost ruined us because, you know, going from, you know, that kind of volume where your average floor guy who does not take an internet lead was selling 17 cars a month minimum. And there was 20 of us doing it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like you had, you know, two or three 17 to 20 car guys. No, you had 20 17 to 25 car guys, you know, depending on the month. Oh, yeah. And oh, and then yeah. you had guys in the, the internet department, you know, selling 28 to 30. And, you know, oh, yeah. and all of this was new business. You know, you this was the kind of place where when you first started, they they set you up in e leads and and they made sure you got the text messages, um, you know, and, and as soon as you know if somebody you know put in a similar name into e leads, everybody got the text message, and next thing you know there'd be a fight in the showroom floor over that's my customer, that's my customer. <laughs> so you knew you couldn't really skate anybody. <laughs> so you know you had to go in and you had to do the right thing, and and for for the most part you were so busy 
when we first started that you really couldn't skate anybody. There was just too many customers. Like you just had to take a body because there was so many bodies coming in the door. Um, and, and, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, not having the tools or not having this, you know, you, you talked about a Honda of Denton earlier and I, I sold a car on a, on a blank sheet of paper. I created my own pencil because our power went out. <laughs> so I don't want to hear about, you know, not having the right tool. I literally wrote out MSRP and, and discount and created my own payments. And it looked like a pencil. The damn customer circled it and signed it. And we sold him a damn car. It took a deposit on that piece of paper. Oh my God. And, and, you know, that's the funny thing is, it, and, and again, I hate to go back to it, but it, it, it is training, you know, and, and, and thank God we were trained well. I don't know how we were trained well without, without that crazy schedule and all that stuff going on. But, you know, we talk about the guest sheet. I know you and I talk about the guest sheet all the time, needs assessment, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, you guys out there that, that aren't doing it, you, you're missing the boat, you know. And, and anytime someone comes to the desk, I'm drilling them. And, and you know, Jesse, you know, I, there for a while, I hated the guest seat. That's <laughs> it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, let, let's back this up a little bit. Let, let, let's not pretend like you hated Rob Tharp. You hated the guest sheet and you hated the training, but here you are. God damn, I hated my shadow. That's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I hated it until I would go three days without selling a car. <laughs> and I was about to hang myself from the damn who blow sign. Remember that, the who that watch yeah. the billboard out there? And we'd be checking. Remember, we'd, we'd, we'd go one day not sell a car, be like, oh shit. And then day two, you're like, well, for those of you guys that know Craigslist, <laughs> let me check in some job posts. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to be a truck driver. Maybe I wanted to go work at AutoZone. And then, you know, all of a sudden, man, I'd have to go back to the damn basics. But, you know, of course, that's what it's all about. It's freaking basics. You know, car sales is not freaking rocket science. But you're right. I mean, you know, and a lot of these guys, sometimes they come to the desk and I'm like, well, hell, what do they want to achieve? Number one question, what do they want to achieve? And then it's, ah, da, 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 da. Well, okay, they know the price. It's posted online. Now what? Well, they didn't trade it. Okay, great. What do they think their trades were? Okay, let's say they're right. Now what? Paying cash or financing? <laughs> like, I mean, and if you're really good at it, and hopefully all you new guys, man, or whatever does business, veterans probably understand this way better, but shit, you can pretty much do what Jesse said. God dang. I mean, you know kind of what's going on and kind of what the customer wants to do. You take that back, you stretch them out a little bit, you got a car deal. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not rocket science. Yeah, no, it's, it's really not. And, um, you know, it's it, it really is as simple as it gets. You know, people make it harder, right? You know, talking about working the desk. Well, what is the most frustrating thing on the desk, right? Where, you know, a salesman comes up to you, you know, he, he thinks he's got a car deal. And I'm like, all right, well, what do they want to do? Well, they want to buy a car. Well, they go, well, no shit, Sherlock. How are they going to buy this car, right? <laughs> we thought they were here for freaking the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and, and, then, yeah. and then, you know, the salesman's like, well, uh, you know, they, they don't want to they don't want to finance 72, but they want this payment. They don't want to do this and they don't want to do this and they don't want to do this. And I'm like, well, shit, what do they want to do? Did you ask them that? (laughs) (laughs) They don't like the car. They don't like the color purple. They don't like, well, then what the hell do they want? I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) That's exactly right. The hell are we doing? Why did they pull the hell into the lot? 
<laughs> well, why why did why did they take the 10 minutes to fill out a gas sheet go test drive a car park the car in the sold lane and then come in here and negotiate but they're going to tell you everything they won't do well why didn't you find out what they will do <laughs> at this point who up who that's right <laughs> i think the customer up the salesperson at mm-hmm. but you know all this is putting the car before the horse it, uh, it, Jesse, I know you, you've got kind of an interesting background. What, what, what's your background and what the hell actually bought, brought you to the, the car business? So, um, you know, my background was in the military for eight years. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to be a chef, you know, my whole, my whole life. I mean, I was, I was a general's aide, which was basically a private chef for, a three-star general at one point in the military. And, um, you know, when I got out of the military, went to culinary school, got a business degree and, you know, jumped right into clubs in Florida and, you know, was making decent money. Um, but, you know, Florida was still pretty depressed from the, uh, you know, the recession and, Basically, you know, I had to figure out what I was going to do because, you know, money was decent, but, you know, it didn't, it wasn't going to pay for the lifestyle that I wanted. So I ended up getting a a corporate chef job here in Dallas and, um, you know, made the move, came out here, you know, didn't, I mean, I, I, my wife at the time, she, uh, you know, she had some family here, but we basically made a blind move for a job. And honestly, about a year later, I'm thinking, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't, you know, I can't work 80 to 90 hours a week. And, you know, my my effort that I put into life is not reflecting in my bank account. And, um, you know, I love cars. I love cars. I'm a Porsche guy. I've owned, you know, six different Porsches. And, um, you know, I, I was looking for something that, that I wanted to be able to to put all of my effort in. And then at the end of the month, my paycheck would reflect. And, you know, I decided to give the car business a try after sitting on the couch for a couple months, taking a break. And, uh, you know, the, the rest they say is history. Nice. Nice. Well, on that note, you said you own six different Porsches. What do you, what do you currently drive? Currently drive a 2018 718 Cayman in Miami blue. Oh shit, Miami blue. Now you you did some aftermarket wheels, right? So I got um got some aftermarket uh, AG wheels. You know they're actually gold. It sounds kind of crazy, but uh, really sets off the Miami blue really well. I've got an APR. I got an <laughs> APR tune. I've got a Soul Performance <laughs> exhaust. I mean, it's got you know ten grand worth of performance upgrades, and um, you know it's it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty locked and loaded. Nice, nice. So you started in the car business, and and, and 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 the funny thing is, I remember when I first met you. I remember the very first interaction, and I, I think we were both kind of test driving some cars, and I had just taken out a Honda Accord Sport, and and I remember I did the manual transmission black, and I was walking in, and I think I handed you the keys or something, or I passed you, and I just said. That's the way to go. You gotta do the manual transmission, and these things finally feel alive. You remember that? No, I, I do. I do. I remember um, this was around the same time where I, I think you were actually working a car deal, and I was in because I was like a, about a week and a half behind you. 
So you'd already finished up all your training and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was in the process, you know, our dealerships process was to go through the training. And as you went through the training, you went and test drove the vehicles. So if you were doing, you know, CRV training, well, you know, go do the, uh, go test drive the LX, the EX, the EXL, go see the different features, see what the differences were. I mean, our, our dealership was pretty specific. You know, you, you had to figure out, you know, you, you needed to know. And, you know, it was all about information because the more information you had, the quicker you can make a car deal. And, um, you know, especially for us, because, you know, we only had a hundred cars on our, on our lot in front of the dealership. We had another lot that was, you know, a little bit down the road and it had 1500 more cars and they'd be four, you know, it's say triple parked, but they'd be like, you know, four and five and six stacked, you know, in certain areas. And you had to know which one was which to find it <laughs> so you know if you're a little shaky <laughs> on the trim levels and you've been making a lot of trips back and forth from the dealership to the extra lot and, and it wasn't a straight shot because it was on a service road so you actually had to go out of the secondary lot go down the road make a u-turn to come back two u-turns to come back to the dealership get more keys and then go back to the lot. <laughs> so you might have to take six, seven, eight <laughs> pairs of keys <laughs> to go get one car. But, uh, you know, oh, saying, well, yeah. Remember I used to carry that little knife in my, in my belt. <laughs> People were like, what the hell is that for? <laughs> <laughs> well, because if, if the door was unlocked, boy, I was going to pop that little thing out by the transmission and slip it into neutral and push that damn thing. Yeah, out I mean, you had to do what you had to do. But, you know, uh, like I was saying, yeah. back to the, you know, training and whatnot, um, you know, you went and test drove each vehicle and that's where I was at. Well, I had just driven a, an Accord Sport and it had the CVT in it. And that was the most depressing thing because I thought that was going to be the coolest car because it looked the best and whatever. You know, it had the really upgraded wheels and it had the dual exhaust and it just looked like that was like the best package that they had. And I drove it and I was so disappointed. And then I was actually looking for an EXL and you were like, hey, you drive the Sport yet? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, yeah, you need to go do the manual. I'm like, the manual? We got one because we, I think we had one <laughs> and I went and found it and drove it. And it, it was a much different car, a much more fun car. And it was definitely, uh, definitely the difference. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, it was weird. And, 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 and really that, that's kind of, you know, me coming into the business. I mean, I, I'm from, you know, Knickerbocker, Texas. Yes. It's a real town. Yes. I'm from there. <laughs> Now I'm related to everybody. It's more like a village, but I but it is real. And so growing up, I mean, so I grew up very conservative. You know, we didn't have a lot of money or anything. So, you know, it was either Ford, Chevy, Dodge, used cars, never new. You know, so you know, I always loved Hondas, and I just thought that they were at this mecca, this realm that I couldn't touch because I could never afford them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so to be working at a Honda dealership for me was a really big deal. So here I am. I'm like you know, one of the biggest stores in the country. And I'm like all around these new cars. I mean, it's just like, I'm in, in, it's like surreal. I'm like, Oh my God, I get to like work around these. It's like my dream came true. And I'm driving all these cars and all this technology is blowing my mind, which I still don't know how to use half of it, but that's okay. You know, but it was just crazy that, that, 
you could do this and this was your job. You know what I mean? Your job was to put butts in these seats. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the funny thing was, I mean, I grew up and 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 you know, I worked for a damn lumberyard, and you know, I worked for the telephone company because that's what you did when you're from a small town. Everybody in my family worked for the phone company, and you know, I transferred from Knickerbocker up here to Dallas and had to adjust to life up here and. And then finally, I got tired of the damn phone company. I was like, dude, there's just no passion. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be a firefighter because I'm an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here I go. I mean, I'm knocking out all the certifications and I'm doing all my rotations. But then it turns out, shit, there ain't no fires anymore. <laughs> God dang. And, and, and no offense to firefighters because, you know, firefighters are amazing. First responders are the first ones there taking care of business and, and, and you know, love you guys. It's just, you know, but, but for me, uh, with my mind, you know, it, it truly is, you know, idle minds and devil's playground. So me sitting around the firehouse was, was cool. I mean, the camaraderie is great. Community service is great. It's just that, man, I, I just have to continually be doing something. And so... You know, I was like, man, maybe this isn't for me. And then, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll go into anesthesia, make good money, whatever. And then, you know, the program wouldn't start for six months. So then all of a sudden I was like, well, shit, I passed a Honda dealership. I'm like, well, I've always loved cars. I always loved people. Let's try to put them together. And bam, you know, here I am, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, I get hired on there you know, start working. And, and, and I was really nervous. So a lot of you guys, you know, if you're listening to this, I was so nervous taking that first up because I'm like, man, I don't know. I, first of all, I'm not a product knowledge person at all. And I'm still not. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody will tell you that. So I am not a product knowledge, but I do enjoy people. And, and, and a lot of you guys out there, you know, if you're listening to this, when you go into an interview, please understand one of my biggest things that when I'm interviewing that scares me the most is when someone's like, I love cars, I love cars, I love cars. That's great. But you're not applying to be a technician. <laughs> <laughs> cars don't drive cars. Cars don't buy cars. People buy cars. People drive cars. You have to be a people person. And luckily, and, and honestly, I think that that's really a big thing. Luckily, I do like people. I like meeting people. I like going on a journey with them. You know, fall in love during this little, you know, this little process for three hours. And and ultimately, it just kind of worked out, you know. And, 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 I, and I thank God for that. Like, because, you know, I'm not a very talented person. But I can yap. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I mean, that's about it. I mean, I, I don't really have any talent other than that. I mean, you were the one, Jesse, that, that taught me how to pencil deals and, and, and do all that stuff. I mean, in, in fact, hell, even though I started a little bit before you, you actually started penciling deals and working car deals on your own before me. Yeah. You remember yeah, I that? I do. I do. I, uh, and you had a really talent for it. I mean, shit, I remember they called you the hatchet. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the names. You know, I, I, uh, you know, well, one of the names you could say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that was, that's the only stage name I'll admit over the air. But um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, uh, yeah, so. you know, in my first month, you know, uh, we, we both kind of were mentored by uh, 
you know, Ben Bozzi. And, uh, you know, we got a friend, James Griffin, that likes oh. to call him Ben Bosley because he's bald. But no, he... Uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> you know, we had all kinds of names for this guy. We used to call him Higgins. Higgins! <laughs> but um, no, we, uh, you know, I, I sold 10 cars in two weeks. You know, I started the, the, like the 13th of May. And, you know, did, did, you know, my week of training, but then like I sold 10 cars, you know, from, from the point, I guess probably that first Saturday or that, that first Saturday for me would have been kind of the end of that second week or maybe third week. It depends on, on what the calendar looked like. But, um, you know, I was probably eight, eight sold and I had no idea what I was doing. And I had a couple of grocers. And, you know, I mean, I was doing all right, but, you know, I, I didn't really get what the hell I was doing. And I'm a numbers guy. And, you know, you know, to the opposite of what Chris said, you know, I wasn't a people person. I had to become a people person. I'm still not a people person. (laughs) (laughs) The king RBF. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Chris likes to call me Joe Pesci, like that Snickers commercial. Like you're a model. What do you wear? Gloves? (laughs) I never, I swear to God, I don't even know how you made it in the car business. Cause sometimes I'm like, God dang, man, you gotta like shit. You, 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 unless you know, Jesse, sometimes, man, you might, you don't know if you want to hug him or rear back and knock the shit. <laughs> I come across as a little prickly, but uh, yeah, I remember yeah, working. A, I remember working a deal with Ben, and um, you know, Ben leans over and he's like, he's like, the dealer cash is not for the customer. The dealer cash is for you. And and for whatever reason, that's when I realized. All the money was my money. <laughs> and I wasn't giving it away. <laughs> the light, the light bulb, bulb came, came on. on. And then the next thing you know, you know, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, in these Hondas, they don't have two grand worth of markup, you know, d- depending on the car, 12, 1600 bucks of markup. But, you know, dealer cash, maybe 1500 bucks, two grand. Well, next thing you know, you got a three pounder. But, um, you know that that's it. When I when that that light bulb went off, that that's it. wasn't long after that. I would probably say it was like ninety to one hundred and twenty days after we started. I was already penciling my own deals and and working those deals and and making significant significantly more money because you can kind of massage the customer. You can't really massage the sales uh, manager if he's working the deal. And, and I was always going for the most money. And that's kind of why they, you know, one of the reasons why they let us pencil our deals. And well, hold on. Now TV timeout. It takes a certain personality and, and you happen to be blessed or cursed. I don't know what (laughs) it is. You you almost have to be able to separate from conscience. Because, and I say that as a, as a compliment, because me, of course, growing up in small town America, I mean, shit, I remember that, I remember when they brought me onto the program and I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. All right. And then, and then you were showing me how to pencil my first deal. And it was kind of a pain in the ass because we had that damn office upstairs and run upstairs, run back downstairs, run upstairs. (laughs) But 
the the part that was really hard for me is because I developed rapport so well because I didn't have product knowledge. During my process, I kind of fell in love with the customer, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that this is a trap that a lot of sales guys, well, I don't say a lot of sales guys. It depends on your personality type. But a lot of guys fall into that trap, you know? And you got to kind of, you got to keep, keep in line, keep, keep an eye on the line. Where is that line, right? Because you got to remember, yes, you got to build rapport. That is the number one, you know, grease that's, that's facilitating this car deal, mm -hmm. right? But you got to know, yes, you're still there to sell cars for a profit because that's what gets you paid, right? And, and, and it's in profit. You remember it took me a long, it took me a way longer than you to understand that profit is not a bad word. <laughs> you know? and, and, and because especially when I started pencil my own deals, it was a bad word. Cause I was just like, you remember that first deal? I had this family. I had already taken, I took them for they a were test buying drive. An and I, I remember the Odyssey. Yeah. They were, they were buying. No, it was, it was either. A no, it was an Odyssey. Odyssey. We, we later went and got in the car with them all together. Some, I forget how we all got joined <laughs> in together, but we yeah. all ended up going up and washing the car or whatever. It was weird. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they're repeat customers and, you know, and, and, and I did a, I did a good guest sheet and I kind of know where they wanted to be. And, and man, you know, after the whole process, I was like, I'm sitting on like, what was this? Like a four or five pounder or something like that. And, and, and I remember I closed them on payment <laughs> and I just felt so guilty. Well, no, well, you got to back up a little bit. Let, let's back up just a little bit. So, you know, I'm sitting at my desk, which was right next to yours. And you're penciling the deal. And you're like, hey, would you look at this real quick? I'm like, all right. And you're like, I think I can get them here. And I said, and I said, oh, I said, right. great, great. <laughs> so put it right here, which is about two grand higher. And then you just dropped your head <laughs> and you felt the shame. Like I just saw the shame wash over you. It, I think I remember that because I think, oh, because they were telling me they wanted to be around 600 a month. I, I, now I kind of remember it. And, and I was like, okay, I think I could push them to like 607 because I'm thinking small peanuts, <laughs> right? And then you're like, I think you, you pushed it to like 655. Uh, no, I, I, think, I think what happened was we pushed it to, or six, we pushed it to seven, hoping to get in the high sixes. And I think you closed them like at 670. And then oh you just sat upstairs God, just... In, in your little cubicle <laughs> moping because you made a profit on these, on these people. <laughs> I think my soul died. Oh, I'm surprised bit. you didn't like, go, to the, uh, go to the shop and take a shower to wash off the shame. I think I kept throwing them free shit from this. <laughs> like, here's some free masks. <laughs> Here, we're just gonna window temp. Yeah, you, pro you probably gave them your uh, your home address so you could wash it on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I gave them a gift card to go have dinner with the family. God, no, no, but man. you're definitely right. right. There, there is a a fine line between trying to negotiate for as much gross profit for yourself and trying to make sure that you get a good uh, CSI score. <laughs> oh, I know. That's what I was always worried yeah. about. 
That's what I was worried about. I was like, okay, man, this is going to come back to bite me. I'm a paranoid person by nature. So I'm like, okay, you know, no, this is going to come back to me somehow. And, and sure enough, hell, the damn survey came back good. And that was another big thing that we'll talk about in another podcast. But I don't understand how the customers that pay more money are always the happiest. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's absolutely, yeah. that's absolutely true. I mean, you think of every, loser deal you've done or you know every you know just hard ass negotiation and yeah. you know those are the ones that give you the bad surveys because they're never happy i mean you could give the damn car away and they'd be mad, you know mad because they didn't get free mats or you know all weather mats yeah. or they didn't get a spoiler or or you know free oil changes for life i mean who who knows <laughs> you know but the people you make a gross profit on you know they have no idea cuz nobody nobody knows what a good deal is and and you could have got the best deal and you'll never know you you think you know but you don't know you don't know. <laughs> yeah it's all conditional. you know you know, you know <laughs> and and you know the, this whole you know i want your best price or what's the best price I, the best price oh, is a myth. The best price is a myth. Oh my and, god, that's a whole podcast. Maybe even a whole series. <laughs> so, <laughs> damn best. If I had to hear best price, especially a Honda Frisco, because you know, you know who buys Hondas, <laughs> and I'm not being, I'm trying to be sensitive, but but we all know who loved them Hondas. Yeah. <laughs> And we're sitting in Frisco, Texas, bordering on Plano, and and it's culturally diverse. Now, here's what I'll say, Jesse, though. We grew up quick because I swear, man, we had to go to battle every damn day. Yep. You know, it wasn't lay down central. It was like, all right, strap your armor on and, and go to go to town. Right? That's absolutely right. You and, know, you, you there was no such thing as, as going out on first pencil and internet price. There was oh, no shit, such dude, thing. That like shit you pisses me <laughs> off more. Than oh my god, that pisses me off more than anything. Because I, I swear, when I tell my sales guys that, you know, they're just looking at me like kind of like a dog. They heard a weird noise. They're just like, oh. <laughs> but that's the price posted online. I don't give a shit. We didn't have. That's an right. We didn't have an option. <laughs> like, like we, we had. You know, we we. I, th- I don't remember what our pricing was or what it wasn't or, or whatever because price didn't matter at the end of the day price didn't. didn't matter because you know for us especially when we moved into internet sales um you know we were the number one dealership in the state of texas but in the metroplex you've got 20 dealerships so that means depending on what you know area of the metroplex you're coming from you're going to pass by at least two or three Honda dealerships to come to me. And and we all got the same damn price on the internet. So it ain't about price. Dude, that's a whole other podcast too. Right? What's the number one thing that we hated to hear and we heard it every damn time? Just get them here. Oh, shit. God damn it. (laughs) Well, no, 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 it was either that or are they here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah are they here because we're here? here you know what the funny thing is i asked the same damn that's question right. but, 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 but we that that's what we grew up with and and that's that's all that matters you know the the uh you know it's just 
it, it's absolutely silly this whole you know what's your best price it doesn't matter what my best price is because you know if, if you're not if you're buying un, if you want to buy under my best price then, then price doesn't matter exactly or yeah <laughs> what about i don't want to negotiate you just tell me your best price. <laughs> <laughs> that's a negotiation <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> I don't care if you're a blue hair special, Carrie. You got bread <laughs> from movies. Home in your styrofoam damn thing. You're trying to negotiate with me. I don't care how sweet you look. That's a negotiation. No, my favorite. No, you know, my it? favorite is the guy that takes an Uber or some kind of taxi to the dealership, and he's trying to hard ass oh, negotiate you. And you know, I, I had a customer on a on an Accord Coupe, and he wanted to be like twenty five out the door. And I mean, this thing. It's a thirty thousand dollar car. Just for for what he wanted, it's a thirty thousand dollar car, and he's offering twenty five, and he damn near walked to the dealership. And I'm thinking, oh, you you want a used car? Let me take you to the used car. But you know, sometimes you got to chin check people yeah. like that. You know what I mean? You do, and and and, and that's another fun thing. Or when they show up in their trade and it's all empty and shined up and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're trying to hardball you, like, hey, you ain't selling anybody, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you want this car, God dang you! I had to clean the damn saliva off the damn door handle. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're lucky I didn't come out higher. No, it's just, it's the cheesy stuff that lets you know. Whether they're buying a you know buying a car or not, you know, you, you think it's cheesy, and it's like, man, no self-respecting person's gonna say that. And then five minutes later, you're saying it, and it works. It is the the weirdest oh, thing about the car yeah. business, you know. They, we always talk about the trial close. You know, that was you know for us the steps to the sale was very specific, because if a, if a car went a car deal went sideways. The sales manager's gonna be busting your ass over. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Well, when when they said this, what did you do? You know, kind of thing. Well, you know, right. I, I wasn't big into the the trial close as walking into the car. You know, into back into the dealership after the test drive. I would always tell the the customer to to park in the sold space, and the sold space. Mm-hmm. You know, the the sold parking spot was whatever I told him it was. They don't know. You're like, yeah, right over there. <laughs> next, next to your piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and if they're if they're trying to get it in, you know, to the sold parking space perfectly, then that's telling me they want to buy a damn car. But if they're like, well, exactly, they're like, oh, you know, I, I, I still need to think about it. So where do I park now? <laughs> that would let me know <laughs> if they were gonna buy or not. That was my uh, trial. Yeah. So many signals. So many signals. Shit. But uh, man, but anyhow, man, it's uh, for all you guys out there joining us. Welcome to the car business. If you're new, you know Dallas Car Guys is not just about just not just about car the car business. We just happen to be two dumbasses that are in the car business. And let me tell you, if you if you're thinking about getting into it, be careful because when it gets in your veins. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 it's hard to get out, you know, and, and but it can be a beautiful business. One thing I did not share is that I actually wanted to get in the car business just to build my resume, you know, and Jesse knows very well the people that know me. I'm all about resume. I just want to decorate my resume because you know, that's your passport to the professional world. I, shit, I just wanted to, 
get one year of, of large ticket sales, you know, and I just kept looking at all the people that, that, you know, that I, you know, that were kind of like Jesse said, living the lifestyle that I wanted. It seemed like no matter where I went, sales, salespeople in general, you know, they were, you know, they were out entertaining clients. They had nice cars, they had nice homes. And, you know, those are the things that I didn't have. And, and those are the things I wanted and sales unless you have a really strong degree is really one of the only avenues that you have in order to make six digits a year and really get all those things that you want, you know, now, is it easy? Hell no. Right. And, and Jesse, I think you can, you can attest. I thought sales were just going to be kicking back. <laughs> I thought we'd kick back, sling some cars and shoot, make, you know, make a hundred grand a year and then, you know, chill and live it up, which we did, <laughs> but it is a grind. It is a grind. It is, it is heartbreak. There's, and the reason there's so many sports analogies is because it is drama. Every car deal is different. Every approach is different. Every customer is different, but that's the beauty of sales. And, and I don't know about, about you, Jesse, but, I'm I'm really glad that I that I got into it. How about oh, you? absolutely. You know, it's you know to to kind of pull back on on you know my take. You know, I'm still in the the car business on the the vendor side now, but you know, I coined the phrase, and you know, Rob Darb is the the king of the guest sheet. But I coined the phrase, "The world is a guest sheet." You know, you and I, we live our lives by the guest sheet. You know in everything that we do, you know, Oh, buying a new house. Okay. Guess she, <laughs> right. Needs analysis. And, <laughs> you know, everything we do, you know what I mean? From, from relationships with women to <laughs> everything. I, oh I kind of joke God, that man. the guest sheet killed my last marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and the love of my life. Yes. And, and my now ex-wife, I mean, it was the same thing. You know, when I got in the car, it changed me. Changed me for the good. Changed me maybe not for the good, but a lot of times, you know, she would, she would tell me, she's like, I'm not a damn customer. <laughs> <laughs> Because she would ask me questions, and and you just kind of get used to talking, but not putting yourself in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> the whole non-committal, exactly. <laughs> you drive her nuts, but you you kind of just start approaching life that way, and 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 it was a lot of well, what do you want to accomplish? Well, what do you I mean? What's and it becomes a way of life, you know what I mean? And and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a great thing, but. You just change, and you know that's when you become a true, full-blooded salesperson, and and that guy can sell anything. You know what I mean? And if you really think about it, in the world of business, you're always selling something. You're always either you're selling yourself, you're selling your product, you're selling your idea, you're selling your dreams, your vision, whatever it is, you're gonna have to sell something. And I'm telling you right now. If you haven't gotten in the car business, give it a shot. It will give you chops that you never even knew existed. You may fail. You may succeed. But I'll tell you, your greatest lessons are always learned in the failure. Pick your ass back up. Go back in day after day. Give it a year, and you will be a totally different person. So 
outside of that, Jesse, what, you got anything else? I think we, uh, I think we covered it. Yeah. So welcome everybody. Thank you for giving us a listen. Just remember Chris Torres partnering with infinite roofing. We got all your needs covered. We got uh, also with North central Ford Richardson, Texas, your premier Ford dealership. We'll be back with another podcast here probably in a few days or a week. If you got any comments, suggestions, ideas, let us know. We're open. We want to make this an enjoyable platform for anybody that might be in the business or any any automotive enthusiasts in general. Or if you know customers want to hear us talk shit about them, we'll, we'll give you that too. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty good at talking shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Later. <laughs>